You are now tuned in to the Snobby Boy Podcast. So we were talking, we were talking to Kyle, uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, about him bringing the mustache back, and he has yet to start it. I mean, it's always there. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not what we had discussed, though. Yeah, we had discussed. You, you need to start working on that, buddy. A much larger mustache going on. It's a bold. I see. It was discussed. There wasn't really an agreement, is what I'm saying. I wasn't like I'm all in to like just have the mustache. I do want to have sex again. So. <laughs> <laughs> on that note welcome to the show guys it's the snobby boys podcast with me your host colby and my co-host kyle and joe uh today's episode we have a guest i'm not going to tell you who yet but we have a guest uh but while he's here we're going to talk a little bit about uh his podcast uh how long he's been a city supporter so on and so forth current transfer and rumor stuff, season expectations, and who we think is going to be the next captain of our city squad. So to get on with that, I want to welcome our buddy from Satch Talks, Ollie. Awesome. Great to be on. Thank you very right. much, lads, for having me on. Um, I love the podcast. I've listened to the first two episodes, so um, I thought I'd have to reach out because... At the end of the day, in the city community, we've all got to try and help each other out, and we all want to strive to do better. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to be on. Thank you. We're thrilled to have you, and Thank exactly you. for that reason, um, we we desperately would love to see not just the American uh, city podcast, but also the UK British uh, podcasts start to mesh a little bit. So it's really good that we get to have you on and pick your brain about being from you know that side and going through the culture and all that stuff that we don't get to see over here in the U.S. So again, welcome. Um, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. How long you been doing it? I started it back in December of 2022, um, purely because I had an operation at the time and mm. I was bored as you like, <laughs> just around the house doing nothing. Um, yeah. I just wanted something to do. And it just started from there. I started recording, started talking more about City. And I then soon found out people said to me, oh, actually, it's quite good. I quite enjoy listening to a podcast. So it went from there, really. Um, but no, I'm enjoying it. And I think that's all that matters. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, just going to see where it goes. Just like with you guys, I, I suppose, just enjoy yourselves and like, see where it goes so absolutely yeah. we've actually been uh i've been following you uh through our pages since about that time we were beforehand um and this is just for most of our listeners that don't know that haven't jumped on board from our last uh we started as a all-inclusive premier league podcast then me and kyle uh, after some things happened, we actually switched over to becoming a city podcast called City After Dark. Uh, and I believe that's when I started following you back in December. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoy your episodes. Um, the one thing that I enjoy, especially with you being a single podcaster, is the length. Uh, you're not too lengthy. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> with with Lescott's uh, signature all over it. Yeah, right, there. <laughs> right in the middle. Um. It, it, it's really 
it's really cool to, that you get that much information out where it takes, where I feel like it could be an hour, hour and a half between the three of us. So definitely good. I love, I love the vibe you're putting out and we are definitely looking forward to seeing more from you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that a lot. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to be on. Buzzing. So uh, <laughs> the obvious question, how long have you been a city supporter? All my life, you know, um, city to me is just everything, you know, um, I've only recently started going because money, because mm-hmm. I've started earning decent money with work. Um, sure. But I wanted to get a season ticket, but I found out recently to get a season ticket, like the waiting list at the minute is like over 100,000. Yeah, I thought I yeah. saw like half a million yeah. or something like so that. As it stands yeah. for me, I'm, I'm doing a game-by-game match process, so I'm paying for my ticket each game as I go. But mm-hmm. I think last season I'd done just over 22, just over Shoot. 22 things. That's including all competitions. Um, but no, I love it. I, I think I'd be lost without it, to be honest. Um, and like, it's only been four weeks since City last played and I'm just already mm. scratching my head at what, what to do, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least yeah, F1's on, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like, it's, I think when you guys eventually do come over here, you'll see how big football really is because I think only... It's only just starting to peak for you guys over in America, but over here, it's it's our major sport. Like, yeah. and when you go to the big games, there's the big game feels, drinking before in the pubs and getting that atmosphere. It's it's just something different. So, it it just hooks you. So, uh, probably one of the reason why I don't have much money, but <laughs> <laughs> we would money probably be in the same boat. Yeah, there's no yeah, probably about. The same boat. No, no probably about um, it. One hundred percent be in the same boat. Yeah, there's a there's a good saying that we all like to use. Spent all my money on drugs and city, but <laughs> yep. uh, it's not the drugs part. Maybe beer, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever gets you by. Next month, so that's yeah, nice. okay. they, my they friend out considering... Manchester. Oh, sorry, dude. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, uh, yeah, he uh, he just always tells me like because he he's like you know because he orders me stuff like he got me the program for uh, the Champions League final. It gets me just random stuff like that that I can't really get access to easily and ships them over to me. I'm like, man, what do I owe you? Come on, like, what do I owe you? And he's like, just give me a pint when you come over. And I'm like, man, that <laughs> tab is getting crazy. And he's like, yeah, well, half of it's gonna be on the Fort Mary D's anyway, so fuck it. I'm like, all right. He's like that, or you're going to be soaked in it. So, like, <laughs> all right. I've, I've seen enough videos of Mary D's to know. Yeah, Mary Mary D's is good. You you guys got to definitely go out when you come over. It's good. It gets very 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 busy on match days. Um, oh, the semi final against Madrid, it was heaving in a. So <laughs> you got to get in early to get your points. <laughs> See, I imagine. Like time. I imagine the football culture over there is very much similar to what our American football, whether that be college or professional atmosphere is like, and just the, like the way things go, the, the culture, the, the process of how things are over there. Um, I'm really excited about that because to me, football over there is a lot more deep rooted. There's a lot more, substance if you will than american football in my opinion and that's that's me just talking yeah. only you know watching for 
couple of years, couple of half years. And it's, it's astounding to me. Like just even from seeing from afar, it's, it's just, it's absolutely insane to me. And I'm jealous of you every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I said like everyone, whether, whether you're a man, woman or whatever, you all have that connection with football. So mm-hmm. over here, it's, there's no choice whether, I, I know in America, a few of the popular sports, um, it's NFL, American football, but over here it's, it's, it's football. I know mm-hmm. we, we, a few people are getting quite into rugby and stuff now. It's always been big rugby, but football has always been the main sport. But mm-hmm. it's always been like that because they, the English were the ones who invented it, you know, so mm-hmm. um, with a pig's bladder. <laughs> so, yep. yeah, it's it's it's, um, it's it's surreal that I get to go as much as I can with City. Um and especially now we've just won the treble. It's just stuff of dreams, really. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, couldn't be happy. It's almost it's happier. almost religious, isn't it? Yeah, in a way. Yeah, that's probably a good way of putting it. Yeah. What all competitions that's... did you get to go to last season? Pardon? What all competitions did you get to go to last season? Um, I went to all competitions. I think so. The Premier League. That's probably most of the matches I've done. Um, the League Cup. I went to the game against Liverpool at home when we beat them. Uh, Champions League, done a few games in that. And I think I've done most of the games, no, all, all the games in the FA Cup I've done. Um, and wow. then obviously getting to go to Wembley to see us lifting the uh, the FA Cup against United was something else, especially that Gundogan goal. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. The scenes in our end was just unreal. I remember celebrating... And uh, end up falling five rows behind <laughs> my back. Still feeling uh, it now. That would be me 1,000%. <laughs> it's all part of the fun, though, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Live to tell the uh, tale. Right? Exactly. <laughs> what now, is it um, like? Go ahead, Joe. Um, so you had mentioned you've been a City fan your whole life. Was Did your 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 parents or other people get you into that? that club or how did you how did the um, how did that come about it's, it's quite it's quite funny actually uh my dad's actually a bristol rovers supporter so local local teams mm. bristol rovers at the minute they're the league one league one so you got league one you got league two um and then you got the championship and premier league so he, he supports bristol rovers but just i always gravitated to city because i don't know well, because of the love of the club or the badge at the time, but um, yeah, just I I just started it from there, and ever since I looked back, <laughs> it was either at the time at school, you Liverpool or United. So mm-hmm. choosing City, obviously, you're going to be the outcast, but it's something you're willing to accept, isn't it, and take on the chin. But it's paid I off, like now, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of why we all at some point or what in our points in time of grabbing onto city is what it was is they were kind of the misfits even still today i mean <laughs> yeah being uh anointed the noisy neighbors and all that stuff like it's that, that was one of the big reasons why i chose city aside from kyle being my best friend and him already being in the city it was growing up here it's 
for people who like people who actually watch the game, who watch Premier League, you're either a United fan, a Liverpool fan, or a Chelsea fan. Yep. And it's yep. it's mo- it's mostly dominated by United fans, and they're literally some of the biggest pricks. We'll just call them that. Some of the biggest. Yeah, pricks. I mean, all they have is dusting <laughs> off a trophy book. That's all. Exactly. Like, like, just like they yeah. are. They are the equivalent of what the Dallas Cowboys are here in America. <laughs> I'm guessing you don't like the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> uh, no, 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 I don't think any of us do. Um, For me, it's more like the Patriots, but that's another story. <laughs> right. So, so the j- just to get on American football real quick, I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh, and during the 70s, Pittsburgh was a dynasty, if you will. Um, they won four championships in the 70s, and I think it was two or three of them they faced the Dallas Cowboys and beat them um, twice and then lost once. Um, but the last time the Cowboys went to the Super Bowl was in 1995 against the Steelers. The Steelers ended up losing that, which gave them their fifth Lombardi trophy, which gave them the, the highest tally count for all trophies in that sport. And, and But since then, they haven't been to a playoff game or won anything. So they're very like... It's very much like United. <laughs> um, so yeah, back on the topic. Um, let's talk about the most mem- memorable match you've been to. To me, it's got to be the uh, that semi-final game against Real Madrid. Yeah. yeah, you know, I've done I've done some pretty good games. Obviously, the FA Cup final and doing some good away games with City, but going to the new camp with um, City to watch them against Barcelona is up there as well but mm. it's got to be that Real Madrid game That's cause... such a pretty stadium too new uh, Yeah it, man. Well, it, It's such a shame they've knocked it down because the history there alone like it's second to none but uh, that's another topic but the Madrid yeah. game for me is just up there it's at the top of the list because the significance of it the team knocked us out the year before in such dramatic fashion, one of the worst possible ways you can go out of the Champions League and mm. a tournament. We, mm, we knew was pretty if bad. we got Tottenham to that final, we would have won. So to beat them in our backyard as well was just unreal. And the fans were on it. The players were on it from the first whistle to the last. It's just nothing nothing for me would top that. But obviously the Champions League final, but I won there. So the mm. best game I for me is obviously um, that Madrid game. But for talking games that I've watched or personally, it's got to be the um, Inter game, completing the treble and winning our first Champions League. So, yeah. And it still gives me chills to talk about. It was too. It was like, just uh, the whole time. And then, fight, you know, it, uh, God, that was like popping Klonopin or something. <laughs> <laughs> And that Madrid game, we we were all watching on TV, obviously, but we could feel the energy from the crowd and the players through the table through the uh, TV screen. So it was mm-hmm. the way you described that was exactly how it came across, mm-hmm. all the way yeah. across the pond and on through our TV screen. You could just tell how into yeah. it the fans were and how on point the the, the fellows were because it was just a, a thrashing. Seeing them, it was perfect. Perf- it was perfect. Football. So good. It was so good. It was yeah, really the it. ultimate revenge taker. Like after after them. take exactly <laughs> after <laughs> taking it last year from them and having basically to bend over to them to then give it right back this year. Fuck, I was astonished. That was amazing to see. 
amazing. Yeah, exactly. But I, I do feel next. like last year when we played them at the Etihad when it was four three, even mm-hmm. still, even though we were so so good, like from the start, De Bruyne scoring, we still had a hell of a lot of missed chances. So mm. I I feel like we've done it at the right time because I feel like if we if we had Haaland in that team, most of those chances were going in. So that game would have been like seven two or seven three, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. that's 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 what he does, that, that uh big Norwegian fella. He's he's something different, you know. Well, and it's so early in his career to see because mm-hmm. we're we're starting to see these phases of Pep's efforts come into the way he plays. Like You'll see instead yeah. of him being like nine, him like sitting back a little bit, making little these off offset passes and stuff, and working more of the system. And it's like, okay, give him another year, and I mean, fifty goals is minimum to me. Like, I I think that right. we're just gonna see like rain. I will say, yeah, I think right. that I think that his total contributions will be up this year from what they were last year, especially in the assist column because. The way that they – what we have right now as far as our mid and our forwards, there's so much that can be done that, and also that he can learn that I think over this uh, this offseason, he'll be able to into, implement some more contributional style yeah. of ball rather than just being a quote-unquote tap-in king. Which, by the yeah, way, I have people saying that shit. Yeah, he's not a tap-in merchant. No. See what he does, you've got to have skill. You know, like the acrobatics to put his, yeah, you know, think Thierry King scoring that many. You know, I mean, he has scored a lot in a bang average Tottenham side, but to do what he's done, Harland, it's just you've got you've got to applaud him. He's literally come into the Premier League and smashed every record, won the treble. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's a young, like young dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. only only twenty two years old, twenty almost twenty three, and. Scoring title uh, has won awards for it. Is a potential Ballon d'Or winner. Um, yeah, the the sky's the limit for him in our system. Like there's 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 so much improvement that he still has there, and that's going to come. We're gonna see one of the best number nines you'll ever have seen play this game over the next sure. five years. I think as well the addition of Kovacic is going to be massive as well. New ways of supplying for him, Mm -hmm. new ways of creating for him. And with City, the thing that a lot of people like about us is that we don't just rely on Haaland. We can all contribute. All the other players can contribute, Mm -hmm. whether it be Stones, Diaz, De Bruyne, Rodri, Grealish, Bernardo, Alvarez, you know, Mm -hmm. Walker. Having Kovacic into this now, new ways and new systems for Pep to try and integrate into the team and implement to play is making me very excited. Because um, I feel like there could be a few more transfers, but that's what we'll get on later on in the show. But yeah, it's yeah, exciting. absolutely. Um, so let let let's ask this uh, this last little personal question to you. What is this is going to be a tough one? What is your all time? Starting eleven for City. No, I got two. Oh, he's got. Oh, he came prepared. Yeah. All right. Like I said, <laughs> starting twenty-two. Right. My first <laughs> answer is obviously the current City eleven that won us for treble. 
because okay. I think no other, obviously it's obvious, like no other team in City's history has managed to achieve what that eleven done, you know, and to win a treble is so hard and it's going off topic slightly, but I think personally it's bigger than United's treble because the competition we had and the competition we had to beat is a lot more superior and tougher having to get that draw of Munich, Madrid, Inter and how we even beat United to get to that treble. So mm-hmm. um, I think the current City team definitely is up there for me, but all time, if we're talking all of our history, um, Aguero, I'll just run through the whole team now because I've listed it. I'm quite prepared like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aguero, Ireland, got to have Rodri in there. David Silva, KDB, Yaya Torre. I'm having Walker right back, Stones and company, centre-halves. Ake at left-back, which you might think is a bit controversial, but I'll get on to that in a minute. And Edison in goal. Okay. So let's talk about your controversial pick of Ake at left-back. Well, I think with our left-backs, we've never really had much luck with him, to be honest. For left-back and right-back position, I know we've had Salbeletta and all that, but I think Walker... Kolarov, yeah, yeah, but I think I think Walker just eclipses it because he's got the pace, he's got doesn't he? Pace. He's mm. got that pace. He, he's he's pocketed Mbappe. He's done it to Vinicius Junior. He's the guy we can rely on. But Ake, for me, this season he has been absolutely sensational. People were shouting at the start of the season last season that we should let him go to Chelsea. You know. Or wherever. And, <laughs> Whoever's we, paying. We signed, we, signed him. we signed him from Bournemouth. Bournemouth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 40 million or something now. Yeah, yeah. I think it might have even been less than that. But now, what Pep does to these players is just something that cannot go unrecognised. It's, no. it's honestly outstanding. And I think with Ake, because he's normally a conventional... He's, he's a centre-back, but the way he's took to the role of a left-back... It's, it's so impressive mm. because he's made that position his own. And I think whilst I agree Cancelo, I know he's an out-and-out right-back, but he did make that left-back position his own as well. And some of the stuff he done was good, but I think it's kind of left a bit of a sour taste in the mouth with all the stuff he's done and the way he's acted. Oh, so, yeah. I think you're among every single City fan ever right there. But <laughs> Yeah. But for I me, see... I'm, yeah. I see a couple of people sitting there trying to still toot his horn and want him back yeah. on like the governor's page no and stuff like that. And I'm like, what? what I get it. He is have? great. He is a quality is. player, but yeah. You, what you logic just... do you have wanting somebody who's got that type of attitude problem yes. in our locker room where there's already the best cohesion there is? Why would you want to bring that? into like the he, locker room. It's he just... took a big fat shit on that bridge and then burned it. Like he mm-hmm. <laughs> and then did it walking back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, I've got to give him his credit. He was a good player, but nah, I like Pep done the right thing. Pep done the right thing in getting rid of him. Mm-hmm. And but people then started criticizing him saying, why is he starting Ake? Well wait and you'll see why. And he brings in yeah. Rico Lewis, starts Rico Lewis over Kyle Walker. Everyone's starting to think, why is he doing this? But Rico Lewis is now probably up there and pushing Kyle Walker week in, week out now. Mm-hmm. 
as an 18 year old yep. yeah <laughs> dude it was awesome getting to see him in his first action um when we saw them at lambeau field or saw him at lambeau field we all were kind of like who's this rico kid where'd he come from and then as the game was going on, we were both we were all looking at each other like, "Who is this kid?" Watching his positional movement and everything. Yeah, it's just like, you were just. Cooking. It's like he had. It's like he had been in the system already for a couple of years, and it's yeah. That's another one we're going to look at and see a, an amazing evolution, and even positionally for him because I don't feel that he's just locked to being a defensive back. I feel like he could have potential in the midfield. Yeah, with his pace and stuff like that, um, helping separation and stuff like that. I think that will be something we will definitely see. I mean, we've seen it before from Pep since uh, Jesus Navas and stuff like that, where he does not mind playing that five foot six dude in a fullback. But like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I would much rather see an Ake than you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's really more for aerial duels when we're throwing corners mm-hmm. in there, you know. <clears throat> but I mean, Navas did all right back then. Yeah, it can it can be done. <laughs> but no, um, we've seen it with Foden as well. True. Mm. Like, I think this season he's going to definitely take the plunge into midfield a lot more because in that Champions League final, he put him in midfield, and he was so good. He's so good, you know. Um, but that's the thing with Phil; he can he can drift. It doesn't really matter where you play him; he's going to be good. So I think that's what Pep tries and gets into the players. Like like you were saying earlier, Verlin, I know he's going to be our striker, but you've also got to try and help out a bit and set up for players and assists, like we saw in the Arsenal game mm. when we played him at uh, the Etihad. He saw Haaland assist the winner, and he's very so, well capable of it. He did it when he was at Dortmund. So exactly, yeah. But to that point of of uh, Foden, I think we're also seeing that um, with with Jack too, where we're going to start seeing him played more in that midfield role because I mean we all have to have to be honest, like Kev is Kev, but Kev is not going to live forever, and we need to start molding players to be Kev, or at least yeah. you know. And I think that those are our best two options in Phil and Jack. Like uh, I mean, Jack with Bill, that was pretty much his role. Um, and then with Phil, with pretty much every U21 team he was on, that was his role. And you know, I just feel like that's we, we need to start pushing that more and more because Kev is obviously hanging injuries and doing whatever he can to keep on the pitch. And it's like, dude, we got to give the guy a freaking break. Yeah. Well, that actually leads us like right into our next, to- next topic. Um, let's talk about current transfers, rumors, any type of potentials, things that you're seeing with the team that we could do. Um, Let's just keep on right with the position that we're in. We're talking about the midfield. Both, both of those midfielders are also our wingers. If you look at our depth chart right now, we have 15 midfield registered midfielders and we have three forwards. What do you guys think? And anybody can go. um, What do you guys think? about us bringing in a winger during this transfer? I personally would. Um, Just so then, if we do end up dropping a few players into midfield, it leaves us more options up top because it might be a bit controversial. I still think letting Sterling go was a bit of a bad choice because 
you you look at his um his last season with City, his stats were slut there. He was playing mm. week in, week out. Um obviously he didn't want to stay. Um but I feel like another forward player, I know we've considered uh is it Rafa Leal from AC Milan, mm. but I don't think we're gonna get him. But mm. definitely actually, a forward player. He actually I think he just uh signed a contract extension with AC Milan. So, so they did right before the end of the season, and then like yeah. yeah, now it's. I think that was really a play to try and jack up his transfer. Honestly, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. But yeah, I, but yeah, I, I, th- that's the other thing is like the market out there, like Nkunku being picked up, or like that was one that I was like, oh, come on, City, like that guy has wheels, like he's shown it. Um, because otherwise, to be like a top tier, I mean, we're looking at like Vinny, who is never going to come. Um, like, I, I mean, there just aren't that many top tier wingers out there. And I mean, to be fair to that, we have Pep uh, and our incredible back of house team who can just find the best players in the world for 15 million. Um mm-hmm. So I think that's really where my opinion lies in it. I think we're going to see a couple of those more like you know, 19, 20 year olds pick getting picked up and like f- either put out to like Girona or whatever. Um, and yeah, just working them into the system. And hopefully in like a year, I don't think this year is a need for, a, mm-hmm. for that kind of player. Um, I think in the next two years, we're probably really, but that's mm-hmm. also why I think this one we should be, I mean, um, I think Kovacic was a great pickup. Uh, I hope Josco happens. Although, I mean, I, well, their valuation is high, but defenders are high anymore anyway. Um, so I, I, those two, if we can just finalize, though, I feel those two, I feel like we'd have a good window. What do you think, Joe? Really, I think it depends on what Mares and Bernardo yeah. decide on doing. Because if those two are still here, then the need for somebody out on that right side of the front four kind of midfielder slash winger hybrid role that we've been playing with the new formation. Um, they plus I think we would if Cole stays, it would be nice to get him a few more minutes um mm-hmm. as well. And I, I definitely think Phil is gonna be moving more centrally and kind of rotating with with Kev and Kovacic in that Gundo Kevin role right underneath Holland. But it would be nice to have maybe another winger to give Jack because Jack played an unreal amount of minutes. He was in almost every game. But mm-hmm. Julian can also play out there. So he he is capable of playing anywhere, really, in that front four, five mm-hmm. of the attacking formation. So um, I think it would be nice to maybe grab another body just for injury's sake. And in the front, I think we're looking really nice across the front. And it just depends on, on what Bernardo does and if Riyadh is tempted enough to go to Saudi Arabia right now or wait another year or two because he's still got a contract for I think two more years so I don't see Riyadh leaving the only one that I really am like uh, is Bernardo and that mm-hmm. kind of kills yeah. my soul just especially so, with them offering 800,000 a week I mean we can hear all those friggin numbers from Saudi all we want it's I would just like only- there to be a, a decision made soon and not have the mm-hmm. the wishy-washiness either decide to yeah. go or you're staying for another year let's just decide so we can move forward with our transfer plans. 
Little little side thing. I know this isn't on the agenda or whatever, but can we just talk for a second about Jack's little party like that's going on right now? Because <laughs> yeah. that dude is going after it. <laughs> yeah, I saw Laporte was posting some some pictures of of the the party recently, and that would seem like they were having a grand time. Yeah, I think he's is wearing it... like a full Louis Vuitton like shirt yeah. and shorts, but like he walks out of the club at like morning time. Shirt open, like, <laughs> like yeah. Is it wait? Is this happen. Vegas or is this Ibiza? This is Ibiza. Yeah. Oh my god! I just saw those pictures this morning, and I like I realized that he was wearing the same Gucci outfit from when Gucci, he was in yeah. Vegas. Uh when he was in Vegas. So he, apparently, he got uh, a full weekend paid for by this new hotel in Vegas just to come out and be in Vegas. I mean, you know, it's awesome. You're gonna bring people in, right? Absolutely. DJ Grillo. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I'm saying I'm saying I can DJ. If if I can somehow get to Jack Grealish, I would teach him everything I fucking know free of charge. <laughs> free of charge. I would just like to get no, right, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> cut that, cut that, cut that. We're not cutting anything. We're, we're going straight through Kyle. You say what you need to say. Nope. <laughs> Kyle gets canceled. <laughs> so Josco, Josco is at what seems to be a a stalemate with the club right now because of the valuation. Uh, RB Leipzig wanting a hundred thousand, or yeah, a hundred million, excuse me, euros uh, for his services to come to City. We're valuating him at was it eighty, 80. last? 80 plus add-ons plus add-ons and they are not about that what is the story behind that guys i think it comes down to the structure of how we're gonna pay because they structure these things where some clubs want everything up front some are willing to take like installments if you will um and what the uh, add-ons actually are and if they're reasonable to achieve because sometimes they put those 10 million in add-ons, but they have to like have an absurd amount of team success or score a ridiculous amount of goals to actually reach that. So it's not mm-hmm. like likely for them to actually get to that point. So um, I think Leipzig is a shrewd negotiator. So I think they're going to hold steady with their number and then we'll come out with our initial offer. And we're obviously not going to offer them exactly what they want right off the bat. That's not good business either. Um, so we're going to start a little lower and I think they'll eventually be able to come to, uh, a, a resolution because it seems like Josco wants to move to city ASAP. Mm-hmm. So exactly. And like, what are you going to do? Make a guy who's like literally sitting there begging you to let you go to the, this other club. Like, oh no, no, they're not, they're not giving it. You, you have to stay here and play for us. Cause that'll make you a great player for us. Sure. Right. Talk about disgruntled. Right. Talk about Raheem Sterling. <laughs> so I, th- I think I think we'll we'll up the the fee a little bit more and come to a an agreement on how they would like to receive their payments. So I, I think it's going to happen. It's just some minutia of legalese writing going on in the in the offers. So I mean, if we were already looking at ninety million pound for Declan. Like, it, it just seems to me like at least going to like 90 million euro plus add-ons would mm. be a reasonable movement, but I don't know. We'll see. And obviously yeah, but- that's all journal bullshit too, so who knows exactly what's getting thrown around. 
and we could also be stalling. We might be stalling a little bit too with uh, mm. trying to get a couple of other transfers done to raise some funds before we shell out ninety-five mil for Josco. So that might be just some of that too going on behind the scenes. Yeah, with City, they don't normally they have a price in mind, and they won't go anything over that. And it was similar with the Declan Rice deal. And if anything, I'm glad they didn't pay over ninety million. Because at the end of the day, do we think he's worth that? I I don't. He's he's a very good player. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's worth what Arsenal paid for him. But in regards to Josco, yeah, I think I think he's coming to City. You can see he wants to come. He started following John Stones on Instagram. Mm. I think I think it's going to happen. And seeing him play either with Diaz or Stones or Ake. It's gonna, it's gonna be good, you know. Back three. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that would probably be one of the ways City go, but I think it's good because normally, when a team wins a big achievement like this, normally the main feeling is, why, why do you need to reshrink them? But that's where you get, you, you, you kind of get lost adrift. But the fact we're restrengthening, restrengthening already shows the ambition and the drive that actually. I think this team's only just getting started. And we used to say that we can't go do it again next season. I'm not saying we will, but who used to say we can't? 1,000%. So, well, it's, I mean, it's it's 100% the goal. I mean, to to achieve the treble, I mean, we've talked about it in you know our, our past uh, episodes. There's got to be a standard now. And, I mean, the standard is definitely you have to win the League Cup. Got to. But now has Champions League become a part of that standard where it's you either make it to the final or it was a bust season? I don't think you can ever say that for any club just because of the way it's a it's a I mean, it's so situational mm-hmm. on the night shit happens. You can lose out of a tournament sure. losing the league. I think that's that shows if you win the league, that shows your real determination as a team. Um, and back to what you're saying about like, you know, our, our drive to continually build our squad and everything, we're only starting to get these little, like, I mean, we're not, we're not seeing a great influx from our academy, but we're seeing these upstarts that are incredible talents, incredible potential coming in a couple every year here and there. And as that progresses, we're, we're going to be like, cause I mean, it was 85 when Sir Alex took over, right? And it was 99 when all that happened. So, I mean, we got to give some time for all of this to develop. And hopefully Pep stays and you know rocks all that out. But I think that we're going to start seeing all of that start fish into our uh, our transfer. Because, I mean, we obviously sell a lot of those kids, too. And that generates some money. But, you know, my two cents. So part of our transfer is potential that Bernardo Silva will leave us whether that be for PSG or for a Saudi club. He brings a lot of value to our team because he is a two-position player. If he leaves, are we now in a spot where we have to look for two separate players or find another comparable player to Bernardo's skill? I think Phil can fill can – Phil. Phil can uh, can hey. occupy a lot of uh, – <laughs> 
a lot of the same positions because he also can play uh, out wide and centrally. And he also offers a lot of the same um, defensive abilities when it comes to pressing. He's a, he's a nuisance. He's a pest. He's always running and he does a lot of the same things that Bernardo does. So I think if Bernardo leaves, Phil kind of occupies that role, but then you have to find somebody to fill in a little bit of what, Phil has been given able to give us since he was kind of the first guy on the bench. Um, I think Cole Palmer can can provide a little bit more than what he showed this year. Um, but I if we leave, if we lose Bernardo, I I think we definitely need to go find um, another person who can play uh, across that front five that we've been playing. Yeah, because as it stands right now, from certain transfer sources. Um, it looks like Cole Palmer might be on his way to either the Bundesliga or to another club within the Prem or even a championship club to get himself some minutes. So now we're looking at potential of not just one player replacing two positions. We're looking at needing two positions filled by at least two more players. That's kind of scary considering what we just talked about, how there's really no market for a winger out there. So I really hope that our developmentals, uh, kids that are coming up, like Carl- Carlos Borges, why not bring him up for a couple of see how he's he a, does in first team? Yeah, he is mint years, but a few people are looking to take him mm-hmm. I've seen today. So that'll be a big loss if we end up losing yeah, absolutely. him. I won't lie. Absolutely. I would hope his he's, would be like a low situation see, instead of a full on sale. I hope he is a, is a loan him out to a, a bigger bigger club to get some big more minutes outside of because he's clearly shown that he doesn't need to be playing with uh the EDS team anymore in the in the Premier League too. So he needs a, more. So I, I just think that this is why we have been staying with like a 2021 20, person squad, you know, is so that when these situate like, okay, well, we have these three spots open, kids. Who is actually showing something? Okay, mm-hmm. now you're going to be on this roster. Okay, now you're going to be on this roster. You know, like, you're going to be on the FA Cup roster. We know what I'm saying. Not FA, but like Champions League roster, whatever. Right. Um, And, like, here's your opportunity. You know, you have the first half of the season or something. Because, um, honestly, it's it's that cutthroat. But I, I, I don't know. It's, it's so tough to work in those young players – because they're going from playing with their teams and then going into like playing with the best, some of the best players in the world and mm-hmm. meshing issue. It's it's tough because you'd like you want to be able to provide a pathway to first team football within your own club from your academy products, um, but when you're as big of a club as City is, the expectation is you're wearing winning hardware every year. So mm-hmm. you have to find that balance of. Let's get the youth guys some run. Let's give make sure they're getting some minutes. But we also need to play some of our big guys so we win trophies because that's the expectation every year is that we're winning either the Champions League or the Premier League. At least one of those would be minimum for me at this point. And then competing hard for both of the domestic tournaments. So it's, it's a, a balance you have to find of providing opportunities for the young guys, but also making sure you stay as competitive as possible going forward. Yeah, 
I, I, I think that we need to start working with our developmental, our EDS, and bringing some of these guys up for specific tournaments like the Carabao, um, ones that we don't really care about. I mean, we do care about the Carabao, but obviously not as much as we would care about the FA or other competitions. Um, I mean, there's room right now that we could bring up uh, Oscar Bob, who's obviously been doing pretty well um, just through some of the articles that have been put out uh, about him. Um, not only that, but obviously Carlos Borges, where he can play across the forward position and could really help us out there. But we'll, you know, there's a lot that we don't see that our front office obviously does or else we would have signings done already. Um, positions would be filled. I think that the more we let Josco, the time go, him not have any time with preseason with uh, the squad during preseason is going to hurt. We're not going to see him in as much action. If we do sign him in the beginning of the season, it's going to take him a little bit of time to integrate into our system. Definitely. Well, yeah. we have we have depth back there, which is good. We have mm-hmm. four guys that can play back in those back three, so he wouldn't have to be forced into heavy minutes right away if we if if we didn't need him to because of that. Right. Any other thoughts on the subject? Well, in in regards to the Bernardo situation, I didn't touch mm. on it. I think he's been wanting to leave for so long now. Mm. Apparently, anyway. Allegedly, yeah. Yeah, allegedly. I don't know if it's people making rumours, but he has openly admitted and said to City last season he wanted to go to Barcelona. This season it's Paris Saint-Germain who are interested and he keeps mm. he keeps twerking for these clubs. So it's like, if you want to go, just go. I want someone who wants to stay for a club and fight for the badge and... It's not me discrediting him. If you want to stay, I, I I would love him to stay. I love Bernardo Silva. He, he's done so much for our club and he's been a good servant. But I think you can't force a player who don't want to stay to stay. Right. So um, here's here's what I find contradictory to that statement, because I've seen a lot of people say it um, on different feeds, uh, commentary, whatever, that he wants out. Well, the thing it is, is if you have a City Plus account, um, in one of the documentaries he was in, I believe last year, he made mention after he just got after he had just gotten engaged to his now wife that, uh, in spite of the rain and the weather and all that stuff, that Manchester has grown on him and he can see himself settling in there. So, from that statement, which I'll obviously a lot of people aren't going to see that unless they have a City Plus account and they're watching those documentaries. From that statement to the ones that the media is portraying, I feel like I'm going to take the words out of the player's mouth before I take it from the pundit's mouth. So with that, I feel like there's a really high chance that he's going to stay with us, and this is just the media running us for running us in circles. But there is that there is still that kind of feeling that he he wants more, um, more maybe maybe it's in the sense of responsibility. Um, yeah, putting more of the team on his shoulders and um, uh, showing off his skill sets uh, in another system is maybe something that he wants. I don't see why you would want to do that with the opportunity you have in front of you with the best team in the world 
Um, Even with Monaco, he wasn't like that guy. He was yeah. the guy he is with us. He's a guy who's zipping around and being a fucking annoying little fucking wasp. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, I, I just, I, it's, it's a very mixed feeling, but my feelings stand more on the side of he's not. The longer it goes on, yeah, the longer it goes on, I think the, the higher the chances that he's not going anywhere. Which sucks because so then he'll probably mean he goes on a free and that's you know, right. unfortunate. But the thing the thing that makes me question it though is that if he wanted to stay, he would have signed his contract at the end of the season. He wouldn't have left it this long to sign a new contract. Have they worked on an extension this... for him? I, I don't I don't think he's signed an extension. I think it, is his is his correct me if I'm wrong, is his contract up this summer? I'm pretty no, sure uh, it is twenty twenty five. 2025 I think City were trying to get him to sign a new contract to nail him down for a bit longer but he's kind of putting on the brakes a little bit I think so it's a bit he, mm, he's become such a high profile out. player yeah that this is this is what we should come to expect from journalists and pundits and what and you know blog writers and stuff like that they are going to I, – I, this is really how I'm feeling right now, especially the way we're talking, is it's just them putting words into his mouth because, again, he's a high-profile player. He's done a lot of contributions for City. Um, obviously, people can see the difference he would make in their squad, so they're going to continue – they're going to they're gonna just say this stuff just to say it. Yeah, just we have him for two more years. So, I mean, like, there's plenty of time for us to – I, I think the problem really is that clubs right now can't match our valuation. Mm-mm. Not even close. I mean, because there, there's, there's been some clubs that are reported, um, European clubs that are trying to only spend forty million euros on them. I'm sorry, that valuation <laughs> is, yeah, exactly. My point. It's yeah. laughable. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not giving him up for anything less than seven. Yeah. He just want to travel. He's a, a pivotal yeah. part and integral part of our team no chance yeah yeah exactly let's exactly. talk more in the hundred <laughs> right yeah but yeah I, I i would love him to stay but we'll see <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about our season expectations for the coming one um we obviously still like we've been talking about with transfers there's potentially some holes we need to fill we also have talked about the expectation of obviously winning the Premier League championship. We also have talked about being back in Champions League. Do we start going after these smaller cups and with our expectations, or do we just stay with our current goals of winning the Premier League and Champions League? Um, I think always with Pat, the goal is to go for everything. Because I found with City, Pat, he takes the cup competitions very seriously. And mm-hmm. when we when we got knocked out of that League Cup against Southampton, he was distraught. You could you could see it. I went down to Southampton when we got knocked out by him. Um he takes the competition seriously. But I think because we've won our first Champions League now, it's gonna I think it's gonna change the mentality a little bit to maybe put a few academy players on in the Carabao Cup games and mm-hmm. maybe the 
first round FA Cup games that we have because um, at the end of the day, we're the current reigning champions of Europe, champions of England and FA Cup holders. So, um, but yeah, it's and we have Club World Cup say, matches yeah. coming, you know, which yeah, he's going so, to, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to that. So yeah. that'll be pretty cool. Um, or I'm not sorry, gonna sit here. Right? Yeah. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and say we're gonna do the travel again because something like that only happens once in a lifetime, or shall I say, twice yeah, like now. <laughs> <laughs> but but who knows? Who knows? It's it's hard to say. But I obviously love us to win the Premier League because I think City fans like myself have always said the Premier League is one we always want to win because you play the most amount of games in the Premier League, and. Every single one of those games count too. Like it's yeah, it's, it's a tough. Yeah, yeah. With the Champions League, it I I feel like it's a whole different ball game. It's all about experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about how you turn up on the night. Whereas the Premier League, it's 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 so rough and it's so brutal that it's it's so different to any other league. Like mm-hmm. how like it, this is how mad it is. Like the the champions can turn up against bottom of the league. Yeah, the the bottom of the league team could end up beating the champions. Like it doesn't mm. happen in any other league, you know, like yeah. with the Bundesliga and with the the, the German La Liga. League. And, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and La Liga is is so one horse race. Which I know people will argue it's like that over here, but Arsenal were pushing us all season, but it just showed how good we were to catch mm. them up. And part of that, Liverpool was pushing us hard for yeah. two or three years too. So. Yeah. Who I think will be back this season to push us. I think and what was that, 13 14 was when they were supposed to win the league, and yeah, <laughs> but uh, Gerald slipped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> beautiful. Time out. So, do you, do you, do you, really... <laughs> that was a great match. <laughs> this, is, this is a little bit of uh banter on Liverpool. Do you really think that McAllister being signed is going to give them any advantage going into the, into the season with their midfield because their midfield was absolute garbage over the last two seasons. I think it'll definitely help um, because they certainly had an age in midfield. Um, with a team like Liverpool, that engine room needs to be pretty strong and well-oiled. But in that title race with us in the, a few seasons ago, I think that's what let them down because their attack, their attack Mane, Salah and... Um, it, it was a, a mix of John Amino. and Luis Diaz, but um, I think they need to make a few more signings to be up there. But what 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 I don't get is why they're using Trent Alexander Arnold in midfield because because Gareth Southgate said so. Yeah, as because he, he's a shit defender, <laughs> he doesn't yeah, defend. Yeah, he's a liability when it comes to defending, but in midfield he is unreal. So um, yeah, I. I I'm not trying to blow smoke up their ass, but towards the end of last season, you could see them slowly coming back to their best. So, um, yeah, I think they'll be up, up up there with us next season. Liverpool. Yeah, towards towards the end of last season, they started moving Trent more centrally, and he played more mm-hmm. of a holding midfielder yeah. role, and that was suited him a lot better. And McAllister and Joboslai, uh, I think it is, they signed him too. So they have Thank two God new... God you had a clue how to pronounce that. Um, yeah, because I was <laughs> uh, like, I, I see a bunch of continents. I have so, no idea. Uh, so many so those, Zs. Yes. So those two, I think, are going to make a big difference considering they were playing James Milner and Jordan Henderson yeah. so much as the, the attacking midfielder area. The ones more mm-hmm. responsible for going forward. 
Um, so I think those two are going to make a big difference. And then I think Nunez is going to have a much better year now that he's had a year to adjust. Uh, so I, I think Liverpool is going to be right up there with Arsenal and us as the main three. Uh, I think Nunez for that. is still shit. I, I think Nunez is not what they expected him to be. And I don't know. I, I, I think there's just a lot of stuff that, like you're saying, is aging in that team. And that's going to be – that's it. Like, I, I truly think the moves that Arsenal are making will keep them more competitive with us. But as long as they're in Champions League and that kind of stuff – they're fucked. It's too much. Com- um, yeah. yeah. Too much competition for their depth. Honestly, what's more interesting to me is Chelsea with all of that that's going on. Um, I mean, Poach is, I, I, that, that guy as a manager scares me every fucking time. Um, <laughs> he, he just has the ability to fucking fuck with Pep. And uh, yeah. So but that's, that's really more so of anybody in my consideration. Hmm. I, I wouldn't. I don't really think the Poch deal for Chelsea isn't really going to go how they want it to because I know with Tottenham he got them to the Champions League final, but he's always been the bridesmaid but never the bride for me. So, <laughs> so it's kind of one of them. He, 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 he's won the French league with PSG so many times, but anyone can do that, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's no kind of credibility to it, is there? So we'll see, we'll see. But he's certainly going to get the back in, that's for sure, from Todd Bowley. So. It'll be interesting to see how Chelsea do this season because I think last season was a pretty abysmal season for them. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, yeah, and so he's, they've off, they've <laughs> offloaded all of their their veteran players uh, for the most part. They have a very young team, so it's obviously going to take some time for them to again be cohesive beyond what they were last season, which was nothing. Um, then there's also the fact that. You don't know what you're going to get from Bowley if Poch doesn't perform. So we could see Chelsea at week five again with potential coaching turnover, which I think would be obviously it's a stupid thing to do. You you need somebody to stay there for a year at least and see what they're worth. You can't go on this coaching carousel like they do every year. It's four managers in one season. My my favorite meme that I saw about that was somebody posted like a uh, news alert saying Chelsea has fired Mauricio Pochettino and and is uh, hiring Frank Lampard as the uh, caretaker manager once again. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. They're like, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just practicing for uh, for October kind of thing. So. I think Chelsea's gonna be better than last year, but they need to sort out. Who's playing midfield there because they have a, mm-hmm. a it's lot how of they make guys, any incoming but... manager look good is just have Frank come in for a few months and bam, new manager. Mm-hmm. You look, oh cool. wow, we're, this is so much better. <laughs> Which, I mean, I it sucks because I, I like Frank Lampard, respect, you know, um, but dude's a legend, he, but... he's just not a Premier League manager. That's no. all, no, definitely not. Clearly. <laughs> so there's a little bit of a spot that's been left open uh, by the departure of Ilkay Gundogan, and that is our captaincy spot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of debate as to who should get it. The top two seem to be, well, top three, I guess I could say. Uh, the top three would be 
not in any particular order. Kevin De Bruyne, Ruben Diaz, Kyle Walker. Ollie, who do you think should be our 2022, excuse me, 2023-2024 captain? I personally think Ruben Diaz. You know, um, if you watch the documentaries, you can see that he is a pure leader. Like, mm-hmm. I think, how old is he? Is he 24 or 25? He's, he's, yeah, 23. He's pretty young. Yeah. And to take on a role like he has at City so well in his first year alone, he was amazing. But he, you can see on the pitch, he's always the first one to start the huddles, telling players what to do, where the position's to be. So I feel like already he's got that embodiment of being a leader. So this ain't any disrespect to De Bruyne, but I think with Kev... He's he's a he's a different he's a different beast. So I feel like with him, he he has the capability of being captain. But I feel like with Diaz, it's it's more natural to him, and you, you can see that he is the embodiment of what a captain should be. And with Walker, well, Walker's just Walker, isn't he? You know, mm-hmm. um, getting up to his business in nightclubs in Manchester and all that. So I don't know. I I he's, he, I love what he does on the pitch, Walker, but his off the field stuff. Just, yeah, I hate that because I feel like <laughs> like these guys play 10 months out of the year. And by the way, I did check it. Ruben's 26. So. Six, yep. Um, but like, you know, any of these off times that the players get, if they want to go off the rails for a night, go the fuck off the rails because that means like in the next 18 hours, you have to go right back on to this is your diet. This is what you're doing every five minutes, blah, 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 because you're a Man City player. So whenever they're given those free times, I I have nothing but like like as long as no one's you're not driving, as long as you have somebody carting you around and you're not fighting anybody. I mean the whipping the dick out thing, whatever. Um, you know, <laughs> eh, not a good not a good sight. Um, but it's set. Never mind, I'm not gonna get that either. Um, uh, but yeah, either way, like you know, I I I, I like same thing with Jack. Like just let him go have fun. Um. Because, I mean, he's not exactly a kid anymore, but they're all kids, hmm. really. Like, just let him... You're, you're, let, let, let's just put a little perspective in here. The three of us on the show are all in our 30s, where Ali is still living in his prime 20s. <laughs> oh, be still in my heart. That a boy. If we could all go back to that time. <laughs> so let me, let me guess. You don't even really have hangovers, do you? Ugh. I miss those days. <laughs> <laughs> those oh yeah, I, I, I've had those bad ones. Bad. Ending. I'm in. I'm in lockstep with all, I'm in lockstep with it's Ollie on the on the captain armband. Who should get it? I Ruben is definitely my choice. I think Kevin is perfect as the vice captain, but I think uh, going forward in the long haul, Ruben I think show has shown that he's not going anywhere. He loves our club. And it would be great to just start handing him the the armband now at this point. And if you listen to the way Pep describes him, it's everything that he wants out of a, a leader on the pitch. And I love that we, as a club, vote with the players on who's going to be the captain and have that five-man mm-hmm. leadership team. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's a great way to go about it, um, to have a, a, a group who's responsible for the, the locker room. But having that one club captain, I, I'm – Hundred percent agree that Ruben would be the my he would be my vote if I was had a vote it would be for him. 
I've bitched about it before, just my my perspective of him being a backliner and how that can stretch the front line and not quite convey all the messages you need to. Um, but at the same time, it does always come back to, I totally agree. Like with what we have, like I said before, Kevin, I think is a little too hot-headed to be a captain. Yeah. Um, and Ruben is just the guy who's like, wow, dude, you you know, made a sweet tackle. Yes. Yes. Woo. And <laughs> like, it's like the most basic thing that like, it's your job to do this. But at the same time, he's like, hell yeah, well done. Yeah. And yeah. like, that's the kind of guy we need. We need everyone lifting everyone up and like, or telling them what the hell, I mean, like he is, he's not Vinny, but he is a great embodiment of the personality that we got from Benny. That's a good way to describe that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of take the sides of both um, between Ruben and Kevin. Ruben, yes, he has a lot more of a calmer demeanor. Um, he definitely has and possesses the um, the attitude of a leader that I would like to see leading my squad. But on the other end, where Kyle kind of said, Kevin's a little bit of a hothead. I kind of like a little bit of a hothead with my team because I want somebody getting up in people's asses when it's needed. Sure, yes, sure. Pep. Pep is there to do that. <laughs> Pep is there to do that. He is doing that on the sidelines. But sometimes that, that message isn't getting conveyed on the far side. Just like you were saying with Ruben being in the back. That message may not be getting conveyed to the forward. So to me, having somebody centrally distributing, not orders, but encouragements and stuff like that is a lot more suited for any team. Because, um, I mean, let's be, would you ever see a forward being a captain? Unless he was really fucking good. I mean, Aguero's worn the band, right? A few times. And Messi has a few times when he was playing right. in, a, in a more advanced role, but that's that's messy. Yeah, so, exactly. That's a, that's a whole different back. Uh, that's a whole different discussion. So, that's so like, you, hey, you, Le, you, but... <laughs> you, exactly. you definitely need that leadership from, I believe, from the central. I would like to see Kevin be number one and Ruben be number two, and then the following year switch around, just to give Ruben that one more year of experience doing it. Um, work. I mean, Kevin's been with City for. And to 2015, so eight years. Eight years, yeah. Almost nine, yeah. So, I mean, for him, to me, it feels like just the pecking order of things. It should be Kevin. But also, like you guys have said, there's there's a, there's a there's just a better way of getting a message out, and I feel like Ruben might be the better choice there. And do you guys remember all the bullshit that they were talking about, $55 million for Kevin De Bruyne? Oh. <laughs> I, I love watching those videos of those stupid ass pundits that said all those negative things about him and how much of a mistake it was to spend that kind of money on him. And Can you they believe they're the... spending this on a Chelsea reject? Blah blah blah. Oh my god, it's, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's it, that's on the same level as um, Rory at the beginning of this year mm. talking shit about how many goals Erling Holland would would have, <laughs> and what a good season it would be for him to score fifteen. Yeah, it's insane to think that he's on the level to even be in in the concept of the golden boot. Okay, with it's disrespectful to Son and Salah and Harry Kane. Um, 
Keep crow ready. Yeah. You've been <laughs> disrespected. Man. So a, a bit a bit of a topical uh discussion for most of us. Let's talk about our um our strips for the year. We as you can already see, Mr. Joe is wearing our home kit. 14 sizes too big. <laughs> Hey, the X the XLs don't fit, and the double XLs are a little, a little loose. So. Hey, man, where it's sexy, where it's it sexy. Is. That's what I'm saying. I think, I think, I think, I think that six foot seven frame with an XL would be perfect. Yeah, snug it up on the bone. <laughs> Me, meanwhile, my five foot ten ass is wearing a double XL, and it's almost snug. So. <laughs> yeah, I got the new, the new one. The home kit, and I got the goalie kit back there behind me with Ederson too. So I got yes, two does. from for next year already. It annoys me he's wearing green again, but whatever. Um, I feel like that's just been his color. Like I, there's definitely been a few seasons now where he's chosen green as his primary. His first season, like I got that kit, and I got the that's like the only long sleeve kit I have, and uh, that was that like that one was green, and I bought it because I was like, okay, two wins. Long sleeve kit, St. Patrick's Day, you know, all kinds Checking of things the boxes. can happen. Yeah. And then I put it on and I was like, man, they do not make these long sleeves for like man arms. No, it doesn't even look like it. Like if you if you've got if you got a thick forearm, I can't imagine your arms getting yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> so there's been leaked the second and third shirts. And for those who haven't seen them, we'll post that somewhere again so you can see them. But we definitely had a little I had a little bit of a uh, a poll on our Instagram story as to who thought uh, which shirt <laughs> or bless you was either um, was either fire or trash. We had an overwhelming amount of people who thought the second and third shirts were worthy of wearing this season. I'm going to start off with our guests and get his opinion on him. What do you think, sir? Um, I'm a big fan of your away kit. I think it's very different to what we've not we we usually have, especially like the burgundy collar. Um, I like the shorts as well. Um, the third kit, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, I'm not really too sure about it, like because I don't really see where it's come from, but I'm still a fan of it because the thing is seeing them as concepts and stuff is well and all well and good, but actually seeing them on the players is a different mm-hmm. thing. I think when I see it on the players, it'll probably look a lot better, but this, the, the, the third kit we had back in the 21-22 season, when it literally just said Man City on it, that for me was probably one of our first, worst kits we'd ever had, Inclu- including our third kit for uh, last year. <laughs> So this is when he first like got into the club and it like he was first buying in, and um, was that one he, of his first hits? Was it? He was like, he's like, what do you think about that shirt? And I was like, dude, I fucking hate that kit. <laughs> it's just got so much bad luck. And I was like, I but, fucking hate that yeah, kit. <laughs> I love, I love that. Way, I love that. I love that Paisley. Yeah. That Paisley is awesome. Yeah, the Paisley yeah. looks great on him. I still. No, I can't stand either of those kits. Both of them look great on him, but I cannot stand either of those kits. Uh, so, so going back, going to that third kit from was it last season? 
the only reason I thought that it was worth a shit, it was because you could see if you got up on it, you could see our crest imprinted through the whole entire shirt. And I thought that was yeah. super cool. Until I found out months later that other clubs across the world had 90s. that same had, had that same exact kit set up with Puma you did know, that for everybody. Yeah, they did it for I, I don't think they did it for Nike everybody. Did they did it for it like, Puma, was it? It was yeah, Puma. It's Puma. Oh, it was yeah. Puma. Yeah, Dortmund had one too. Yeah, yeah Dortmund had exactly one. Like uh uh there was a um uh Liga MX team that had one. I don't know if it was Monterey or if it was uh doesn't matter. Um and there was at least two or three more people or teams that had that design and I was like well, this fucking sucks. But the Paisley one, the Paisley one, I love. Honestly, one of my favorite kits because of what it came from, or like you know the idea behind it, and that was because of the Manchester music scene. Me being a big music guy, I thought that was a fucking terrific ode to the team and the city. So that's why I fucking love them. Symbolics is why I like. I shirts. think it's I a really cool kit. It's just it. Like in in theory, I just feel like the execution was like this kit. I feel like is actually one of my favorite kits that we've had. And um, facts. Uh, but anyway, back to what we're actually talking about, right? Like what you're saying, dude. I, so I am totally with you on the away. I think that the collar is hot. I think the color is great. I think it like the tech. Like it, I think it looks like a great fucking kit. Uh, the away. Or the third, rather, feels like our home shatter shirt that's just kind of revised. So, um, I mean, I'll still probably buy it, but uh, that's just because, you know, I have no financial, like, ability to control myself. <laughs> especially when it comes to, especially when it comes to Man City stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> Like I bought a cashmere sweater of theirs last year. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the, Joe, what are your by the way? I will tell you what, man, for business wear. Good. Yeah, that actually yeah. is a very nice sweater that he has. I've seen it. Noted. Yeah. I guess Joe, what are your thoughts? My office, so I might need to get that get one this year. Um exactly. the third kit I think is okay. I think it's a it's a little different. It's it kind of still feels like that '90s theme that they've been going with for all three of them. I really don't like the away kit. Um, <laughs> the concepts that came up seemed like it was like a very bright orange to go along with the maroon and burrow burgundy, and I those two just don't go together for me. The more recent pictures that I saw of the actual kits, like hanging in the store over in. Uh, in the Middle Dubai. East, I think it was in yeah. Dubai, looked better, but I I don't like that off white, burgundy and and orange combo. Um, and I know it's a classic look for footy kits to have the collar, but I just I I can't get past having a polo collar on a sporting jersey because I, okay, I so I just, on that level, would you I rather can't... have like like a V like like this or a crew neck or something or like. What was it like the fourteen fifteen shirts where it's like it's like the three button up buttons, mm -hmm. but it's the like a crew neck. Oof. I can't Oof. stand that's like actually my least favorite. Mm -hmm. Like at least oh, give I... me something that's like pullover, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So this one, the home one, I like better now that it's like on me and getting to see it up and close and impersonal. I, it looks better than the, the concept art that came out and then the initial pictures. It looks better on people than it does like hanging up on a on a rack. So, And the shorts add to it. The short design we didn't see going in originally with the concepts, but one they played, uh, was, was it Brentford? They showcased it for the first time at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, the short design really helped with the overall look of the kit. And on the um, um, the Champions League ones, the numbers on the back are like a navy blue almost. So it's mm-hmm. it's I think that combo looked really nice on the back. Mm-hmm. So we'll it's see. I will. I, yeah, gotta gotta get one with the Champions League fucking badge this year. Like it's just kind yes, of... yeah, exactly. So. My overall thoughts on the entire strip, uh, when it first came out as a leak, um, they actually did come out all at the same time as a leak. Mm-hmm. And I for at the beginning, and I did this with last season's uh, kits, I was disgusted. Um, the blue that I'm wearing right now, obviously that one grew on me. Um, and for reasons why they developed the shirt the way that they did for Colin Bell, obviously made me feel a little bit more for it. Um, but going into this season's kits, the blue, I, I I don't, I don't particularly like the collar. I don't like the half collar where it's white and then mm-hmm. blue on the back. Um, yeah. The striping design. It looks better if you actually have a neck just for, yeah. <laughs> I think with the, current, with the current kit for this season, the new one, Mm-hmm. It's actually a tribute. It's meant to be similar to the kit we had when we first started at the Etihad Stadium. Um, have you seen that kit? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, yeah, I've got it for right now. So they, they, it's it's like the twentieth anniversary edition of mm-hmm. of the the Etihad Stadium. So if you look at the shirt, the little detailing on your shirt is kind of like meant to be like bits of Yetiad Stadium and on the back of your shirt in the behind the collar mm-hmm. on the tag it will have the address of the mm-hmm. Yetiad Stadium. So yeah. I feel like it's quite personal. But you've really got to like look into it, I think, to try to see the differences and the similarities between the two. But I like the fact how they've kind of gone on that topic. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So that was the 0304 so, shirt. Um yeah. okay, I see it. Um so on that on that yeah. level though, like I feel like this is what I what I was excited about getting Puma for and excited about leaving Nike for is that we are fucking Man City, right? Um like we deserve to have one of these brands, we're the biggest club that you have. Like we're the club that you're creating your shirts that you then like maybe span out to other clubs, but like our shirts are the first shirts. Like that's the way I feel like we should be presented. Um, Where like with, you know, like that first shirt, that man city shirt where everyone had like a Dortmund or whatever. Um, Like that was bullshit, but like we've, we've since gotten designs that are very personalized to city and across three shirts, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, And uh, yeah, I, I personally I like all three shirts, and I'm gonna probably buy all three shirts. Um, 
yeah, honestly. It's just picking out who I want with the fucking name on the back right. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so changing my mind a little bit about the first shirt, uh, because of obviously the connotations of the um incept or the the inaugural year of the Etihad. That's cool. I can get behind that. The second shirt. Feel the same way as Joe. Uh, I don't particularly care for the golden orange lettering that they're using. Um, where the only thing that I can I can say that it, it it does mimic is if you look at the at the the ship that's on the crest, it does that is almost the same color. The design on its overall reminds me too much of like mid nineties Arsenal or even Roma. So it's like. I don't know. And the collar, the collar, the collar started to grow on me. And here's why. When I first saw the collar, I figured it to be a full, thick, fat collar. Collar's like this thing. So it's sporty-ish, which I can get behind. But it's not my favorite design. Um, I do like the story behind the shirt, though, um, with it being they're paying an homage to uh, the builders, I'm assuming, of Manchester, what it was. Uh, they built all the uh, row houses and stuff like that way back in the day. The third shirt. The 90s called, and they want it back. <laughs> the 90s wish they were that creative. Let's just be honest. I mean, yes and no, but it also kind of like, if you look at it, 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 it kind of reminds me of like, you remember those drinking cups that had like the turquoise white and purple design on it? Oh, fucking A right. That's uh, what it kind of reminds me. Dude, of. I just saw a meme and it's like, <laughs> like, hey, uh, you know, wifey, like, you know, you know, a bunch of people, pour, a bunch of our friends are coming over, break out those good glasses, and it's the old McDonald's Batman glasses with the handles. Do you remember those? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have those in the UK, but if not, you, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> but they were awesome. Well, anyway, sorry. yeah, but right. I totally. Uh, so I was, I was still listening, and your, uh, your Roma assessment is pretty spot on. It's also maybe a reason why I do kind of like them is because I do tend to like Roma shirts, mm. aside from the weird pig that's in like feeding humans. Um, Did you see this year's? Do they still have the pig that's feeding humans on their crest? Uh, it's actually, they took the crest off and it looks like just a pig face on the shirt. Kind of the way like, uh, uh, that's kind of the way that uh, like United took uh, their crest off of that like diamond or whatever Chevron looking background for one season. That's kind of like how we went away it. from yeah. like that to like this. Mm -hmm. Um or that area. Um, hmm. Hmm. So it doesn't have the pig giving, like feeding humans. That, that bothers me a little bit. Because I mean, like that's that's the weirdest shit. Like anyone's ever, you know. Like, does anyone have a crest like that? I know there's so, like a whole story that I don't remember, but it's still fucking weird. So Ollie, let's let's talk about just to kind of. And this on a fun thing. Yeah, Talk okay. to us about some of your out of out of the country experiences going to matches, whether that be Champions League or uh, whatever. What is some of the some of your favorite places that you've gone, and what are some destinations that you're looking to go to in the near future? 
So as it stands, I've only done um, Barcelona away, mm-hmm. um, but that itself to, to do that as your first European away is <laughs> something of dreams, really. Getting sure. to see, getting you see, getting getting to see your team play in the new camp was just an experience I didn't think I'd ever be able to get. Um, I'd done the stadium tour as well. I think you've got to um, go into Barcelona. Uh, How massive is that stadium? It's it's huge, honestly. Did you did you go to the beach? Yeah, yeah. Was it disgusting? Yeah. Hey. Was it disgusting? No, it was lovely. Did you go in the water? No, no, no chance. (laughs) 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 Yeah. um, Obviously, spent most most of the time there in bars, Irish bars, (laughs) and. yeah, honestly, if if you get, ever get a chance to, you've got to do a European a European game because those are the ones where you have a lot of fun and mm-hmm. the away days, obviously. But tickets can be so hard to get. Um, I was lucky with this because it was a pre-season friendly, actually. Mm-hmm. And it was free all, I think. Um, but honestly, such a good time. But Athens next month is one I'll be doing for the Super Cup. Um I'm going to try and do a few more Champions League games in Europe, but it's just so hard to do with work and trying to mm. balance it out, get time off. And the thing is, most of these destinations, until you start reaching like the semis or the quarters... Midweek. Yeah, mm. but, well, midweek, but some of the destinations can be quite rogue and the prices <laughs> for these flights can be really high. So... Mm. That's why I normally tend to just sit back a little bit and wait on the um, Champions League. But I mm. do have a few on my list. Obviously, the Bernabeu is one I want to do. Um, well, you don't want to go to Bruges? <laughs> eh? You don't want to go to Club Bruges? Oh, and... <laughs> no, um, Real Madrid. Real Madrid well, no, I, I know. I'm saying yeah. like as far as like the uh, more uh, obtuse ones. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because... Well, no, Bruges does have like a pretty big hub there, don't they? I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. No, like obviously, um, I really wanted to do Bayern Munich away this year because mm. Germany, well, like the cheap beers and everything, and just the whole culture around Germany. Oh yeah, is what but, I really wanted to do. So B- Bavaria is a very like th- that's an experience unto itself. I have uh, my mom's husband. Um, his nieces and nephews still live over in Germany. They live, uh, I want to say, about 20 or 30 minutes west of Munich in a city called Augsburg. Um, yeah, they actually have, they have, they have a club. And they the stories that they give they gave me when they came over and yeah. visited the States, fucking... It would like we people think America's really free. Some of the shit that they do over in Germany, you would think it wasn't like a conservative place just had to tear down a wall (laughs) (laughs) so all right then let me ask you this favorite away game in the prem oh i've done quite a few but um it's a bit of a shame really because They've been relegated now, but Southampton, you're probably not expecting to hear this, but it's unique. It's got a load of good bars. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, mind you, the away end is shocking. <laughs> but yeah. it, it's when you're going down there with all your mates, the, the bars are good. It's fairly priced. Um, Leicester as well. Leicester City was good until they got relegated. Um, just everything's all close together and all the bars. There's a bit of a common theme here, isn't there? Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's necessity. Um, yeah. Right. But no, no, like, um, what, what other ones have we done? Um, sorry, trying to think now. Uh, there's, there's been definitely a few. Um, Barcelona was good. Um, have you done a cold night in Stoke? No, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Would you... Okay, so when you go to a London match, whoever it may be... Oh, yeah, I've done Chelsea. Okay. Chelsea. Chelsea, uh, Chelsea So so you've witnessed West London. Yes. What's that like? Yeah, well, funnily enough, I met Noel Gallagher. uh, Shut up. Really? Really? Yeah. Holy shit. So being a huge Oasis fan myself... Yeah, I was there. And obviously, I was a bit seriously. Hats fucking a few, off. Man. A few beers, a few beers on board. So I was like, I said to my mate, I said, "Is it me or is that Noel Gallagher?" He's like, "No, that's definitely Noel Gallagher." So I went over to him. He was he was so so nice, lovely bloke. I had a chat to him about City. I had a photo of him. He, he's such a nice guy. So I was like starstruck because he was like. Um, my birthday weekend as well after that game. So I was like, this couldn't come at a better time. So yeah, like getting to watch city and also meet one of the people you've looked up to your whole life. It was pretty cool. <laughs> but I also felt yeah. like saying, get the band back together. <laughs> Fucking a right. Mm-hmm. Fucking I mean, a right. But you know, you, you don't look back in anger. Okay. So... <laughs> Bravo Kyle. <laughs> so, hey. I want to I want to take this just this little bit of time uh, because actually Ollie introduced me in a way through social media to a gentleman and I'm looking for his name. Um, he just wrote a book on Oasis. Um, I want to shout him out and I can't fucking remember his name. Lee House. Lee House. Yes. Wow. Look at you. Okay. Um. If you're listening to this, please get on your Instagram and look up the, hold on, let me uh, find it once again. Um, look up Noel Gallagher book, at no, Noel Gallagher book. Um, you will actually see a picture of his face, Lee's face um, there. And there are a couple of links inside of his page. To be able to go pre-order the book, I believe he ran out of copies uh, last week. Um, but definitely something to look into. Uh, he definitely knows a shit about Oasis. I think that Ollie could agree. He does. I had him on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks back, and he's a good friend of mine. Um, okay. He's from Scotland, so uh, up there, either Rangers or Celtic. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I'll be going up there uh, in September, October for a game, which will be quite fun. But no, um, it's it's quite personal to City, actually, the way he's done it, because the title is called Listen and You'll Hear Us Singing. Now, Mm -hmm. if you go to where Main Road used to be, we've got a centre circle of grass that was actually the centre circle of Main Road, and it's all housing estates now. But around the ring, 
it says, listen, and you'll hear us singing. So that's where he got the inspiration for his book title. So um, he's, he's, he's done a good job. He's told me some stuff about it. If he's got plans. Yeah. Uncover your mic, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's, a, it's definitely worth. And uh, Rangers, both Rangers and Celtic are going to be in Champions League next season, right? Both of them? Yeah, they, they were in the Champions League, I think. Was it this season or last season? Because I think Celtic ended up playing Madrid, didn't they? And they done quite well, but obviously they lost. But it was only up until like the 70th minute um, they ended up letting it go to Madrid. But well, well, you know. I think it's pretty acceptable against one of the best teams in Europe. To a semi-finalist, you know, what are you going to do? Exactly. I don't know how well I can do a Scottish accent or like <laughs> hear a Scottish, you know, like I'm not going to pretend to do one. No, <laughs> no, no. Funny, funny enough, funny enough, when we first started uh, podcasting, we actually, there's another uh, podcast called Full of Football. They're from the Kent area. Um we, me and Kyle sat there with Reese and Jack one night. Uh, we just kind of had like a, a, a casual FaceTime and we were trying to use each other's accents. Kyle and I failed miserably. No, I think we were pretty good. I think we were decent, decent Re- enough for Americans. Once Reese, Reese is American. Out, yeah. Reese is actually American. He's lying. And if you're listening, yeah. Reese, I'm calling you out on it. Yeah, um, we, I want to see that birth certificate, Obama. Dude, he he <laughs> he sounds like he came right out of a fraternity from an American college. It's ridiculous. Like, dude, uh, dude, <laughs> bruh, bruh. Uh, but, so on that level, let's hear you do your fake American accent. Yeah, we need to hear. Uh, we need to hear your American accent. Mine. Yes. Uh, okay. Right. You know oh, you I, I can't wait to go see the Manchester City FC game. You know, down at. Uh, the game on Saturday. We got to give a Bud Lights in and have a few chips with my friends. Some Bud Lights, some hot chips. Get a movie on. It's, it's not bad. There's that's so not have, bad. It's not bad. Good. You have you have like different dialects from parts of the country and Canada <laughs> and yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, like that I was, was waiting for you to say a at one point. The only <laughs> critique is watch. that you might have been Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> I used to watch a lot of. WWE, so you kind of get it mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> Where oh, what's, trash talk. <laughs> what's the one British girl who's kind of a freak? Oh, is it Paige? Yes! Oh, she does things to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. You guys can call me weird, but she does weird things to me, guys. Yeah. we no talk. longer a podcast. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Hmm. All right, guys. So we've been uh, we've been bantering on a bit. It's time to oh, get on wow, out of here. Yeah. Sorry yeah. for keeping you, man. This is yeah. We we normally. No, do I've it. loved every bit of it. I would love Cheers. to again at some point. Absolutely. Absolutely, we would love to have you back again. We'll definitely have you back on during the season. Uh, that way, we have some more raw shit to talk about. And uh, we'd certainly like to be on yours, uh, being that you have really? a UK broadcast. Oh, definitely. We should definitely try and make it like a regular thing when the season starts back up. For oh, sure. Yeah. For sure. Bring you on like as a monthly guest because uh, yeah. I think what we'll be doing uh, coming into the season is having two to three guests per month. 
uh, come on and talk with us about what's going on current. Maybe we'll make you one of our regulars. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right on. That's All right, so go out, guys, if you're listening. First of all, thank you for coming on again. But secondly, go out, check out Satch Talks. Uh, you can find it on Apple, YouTube, uh, Spotify, any others? That's it um, for now. That's it for now? Yeah, yeah for now, yeah. I am working right on, on other platforms, but... It's a process, yeah. man. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a whole process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it took me like... It took me like a day to get everything what <laughs> the way it's supposed to be. But yeah. On top of that, going to check him out. Make sure you check us out every other week through the summer transfer uh, leading up into the season where we will be going every week. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, uh, on Twitter, at snobbypod.com or not .com. Well, just at snobbypod. 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 And uh yeah, that's it. We'll see you next time. And thank you so much again, man. Like, <laughs> cheers. Thank you. It was a good, good time. I, I loved every bit of it. We loved having you, Ollie. Yeah, seriously. Can't wait till the next. Thank you. Thank you very much.